Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. And it shoots and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light. Score! Logan Couture wins it in overtime! Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Oh, well, obviously I have to get the two points. I'll never complain about that. Uh, um, but yeah, frustrating. That it was a very frustrating game to coach. I'm sure to play, and I thought it was sloppy uh, um, at the beginning. And we tried to guard ourselves against that. We talked about that, keeping it simple. I thought we had way too many giveaways. We gave up six scoring chances in the first period, which is unacceptable. And uh, you know, I thought we settled down, um, but we couldn't keep a lead. I mean, we give up. I think I believe it was three times a two goal lead. Um, you know, that's not going to win you a lot of hockey games. And uh, you know, good thing we found uh, found ways to score tonight, and we had some puck luck, and uh, you know, some good things happening offensively. But uh, you know, defensively, just too many guys standing around our net. Um, you know, and and too many uh, um, unmanaged situations with the puck. All right, good morning, everyone. That was a game last night of the sport of hockey. Yes, that was an interesting one. But the Sharks walked away with two points. I'm never going to overlook that fact. It was just a an interesting game that was not the uh, the hard-nosed, disciplined Shark team that we've come to enjoy over the past couple of months. That was just, uh, well, they found a way to win, right? But with that way to win, let's look at where they are. Big picture on this Wednesday morning. 31 games played, 16 wins, 14 losses, one overtime loss, 33 points on the year. They are currently in fifth place in the Pacific Division, jumping ahead of Los Angeles. They are three points back of fourth place Edmonton, three points back of third place Calgary, seven points back of second place Anaheim, and nine points back of first place Vegas, who, by the way, are getting better and better, and they're going to add Jack Eichel to that lineup, which makes it uh, all the more concerning. Uh, But for the San Jose Sharks, they did what they needed to do last night and were able to get a win. And I think that one of my favorite things during the game last night was just to look at the close-up shots of Bob Bugner and just figure out whether or not he was going to vomit in the next 10 seconds because he certainly looked that way just throughout the games. Bob Bugner was the star of the show last night, and and I'm saying this obviously in a playful manner, but just looking at his facial expressions, he went from being completely exasperated to looking like he was just going to vomit everywhere to looking just bewildered by what he was seeing out there on the ice. It was a tour de force of emotions, and I wish... There were more actors that could channel their facial reactions like Bob Bugner last night because just watching his reactions to the game that was taking place before him was truly a, a sight to behold. But I think ultimately this Sharks team, as we've seen earlier this year, and now we have two different COVID shortened shark situations. This one a little bit different than what we saw at the end of October and up to about the midpoint of November. But this was a Sharks team that once again was able to find a way to get it done, even if they looked at many times during that game last night 
like they were not going to be able to do that. They looked like they were going to collapse. They blew multiple multi-goal leads. They were giving pucks away. They were doing a lot of bad things, standing around in front of the net. They looked rusty. They looked sloppy. They did not look like they were on the same page with all of their teammates and line mates. They looked like a team that, well, like you would imagine, would have been off for about two weeks and did not have all their regulars out there on the ice. But true to form, in a game that the San Jose Sharks were capable of winning, they did find a way to win. And I think that that's something to be said of the Sharks this year is that, you know, compared to last year, they found ways to lose. And this year in games where it seems like they're tight, they found ways to win. I mean, yes, there are comparisons this year where they lost one nothing to the Rangers and they were not able to find that way to quote-unquote win. But, you know, they also didn't collapse and blow a lead. They gave up one goal in that game and ultimately were not able to find a way to get a win or a point. But, you know, in a lot of the games this year that the Sharks have been capable of winning and walking away with a point or two points, it seems like they've been able to do that more often than not, at least. And, you know, last year... It was frustration after frustration after frustration, but this year, and I guess we can chalk that up to the team being better at handling adversity and the team being better at rising to the moment. They are able to get those points. They are able to put themselves in a positive place, and despite blowing those multi-goal leads, despite you know doing so much well on offense, they would just you know turn it around and give up a goal to the Coyotes. The Sharks, when all was said and done, doesn't matter if it went to overtime, doesn't matter if it went to a shootout, they got it done when when all was said and done. And, you know, they were able to be opportunistic on offense, just like the Coyotes were. And I think that's something that's positive as well. If you have a team that is able to put pucks in the back of the net eight times, by the way, the 15 goals were the highest scored this year by an NHL team. They were able to get the puck to the back of the net, and they have not been able to do that at all points of this season. And I know you can say, well, Ted, you know, the opposition was shorthanded, and I don't care. They got the pucks in the back of the net. They scored goals. They scored more than the opposition last night, even if it did go to a shootout. That's all I care about. That's all that I'm going to look at when this game was said and done. It's not going to be that they gave up goals. That's not going to be that they were sloppy. It's not going to be that they were messy. It's not going to be any of that. It's that they were able to put pucks in the back of the net when the opportunity presented itself and that they were able to get the win. That's all that really matters. And yes, you do have to win ugly. Yes, you do have to win a, a, a you know games like that if you want to succeed in the playoffs, if you want, or excuse me, if you want to get into the playoffs. And that's what the Sharks were able to do. But that does not take away from the fact at the same time that that was an ugly, ugly, ugly game. <laughs> I was just watching the bad passes and the pucks being turned over. And it, I could be talking about either team. I mean, the Sharks handed the Coyotes goals. The Coyotes handed the Sharks goals. And that's, I mean, this is the weird thing about the NHL right now is you have to be ready for so many more scenarios than you have been at any other point in recent memory. It's like, not only do you have stoppages in play like the Sharks had, you know, because they had two games postponed and then they had the uh, the holiday break. They had games postponed. They had, you know, new players out there on the ice. And you, in the past, maybe had to bring up players with injuries, but you didn't have to combine it with stoppages like this other than the all-star break or the, the mini, you know, Olympic break or something like this. But now that you have different reasons for players being gone and concerns about a virus and contagions. And you know, I, I don't know what everybody was feeling out there and there might've been f some fatigue from some of the guys who had had COVID. And I, again, I have no way of knowing that, but you just watch that game. And for whatever reason, nobody was sharp. 
Nobody was bringing their A game. Nobody was as good as they needed to be. And I think you can look at some of the scores from around the NHL last night to know that it was not just the Sharks and the Coyotes, but it was a sight to behold to watch that game. And like I said, you know, like Bob Bugner, there were times where I was watching and I was just completely bewildered with what I was watching. Other times where I just, like the final few minutes when the Sharks blow a two-goal lead, it was like, holy Lord. You know, I was feeling uh, ill to my stomach at that point, and I think you could feel the bile rising collectively from everyone inside SAP Center. But, you know, that's the fun of competition, right? You never know what any game is going to begin. And I was joking about it when it was 2-2 after the first period. I was like, well, this game is on pace for 12 goals. And then when the scoring exploits continued into the second period, I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these games, isn't it? I, I predicted uh, by the stats through two periods that it was going to be a 13-and-a-half goal game. And I was wrong. I was somehow shy of what we turned into. I, I said that half goal was going to be the hardest one for us to get. Uh, but certainly those two teams persevered through the uh, through the difficulties last night and were able to put 14 goals uh, truly in the back of the net. And then you get one more with the uh, the shootout. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm laughing again because it was just such a strange game. I was joking with a couple of friends last night. They're like, Ted, have you ever seen a game like this? I was like... You know, there was a game last year, I want to say it was between the Blues and the Sharks, where the Sharks were just bleeding goals, as were the Blues. And I guess it kind of reminded me of that one, but that game seemed a little bit more on point. It was more of the goalies just collapsing in front of each other. But this game last night, it, it was everything. Nobody had their A game. And I think, again, if you want to speak to the improvements of the Sharks from last year to this year, it's the fact that even in light of the team not having anything close to their A game, they were still able to get a win. They could have collapsed in overtime, right? They could have given up a goal in overtime. They could have not come up with a big stop or not seen Reimer make a save or whatever it was going to be in the shootout, but they did find a way to get it done. They did find a way to get that win, and I think that that's got to be the takeaway when all is said and done. And I will say that there were some things on offense that worked. It seems like they were a little bit cleaner on their entries into the zone. It seemed like they were making passes work. It seemed like they were moving fast with the puck. It just did not lead to a lot of continuity. It was like, it was disjointed. It was like you saw individual things working well. It just didn't have the tic-tac-toe. You know, it was like tic-tac, ugh. And you need all three facets of your game to be working. You need to be able to complete the multiple passes. And more often than not, they were incapable of doing that. And the other thing I thought was really, really weird, at least this is the way it seemed to me, is that the, the Sharks were not getting the second and third opportunities the way the Coyotes were. The Coyotes were getting the second and third opportunities. The Sharks weren't. And it was just, it, it's so weird because it's not like one team was doing something so much better than the opposition. It was just the way the game was playing out. And I guess that's just, that's just how it goes sometimes. But it, it, it was weird to watch so many of the things in the game be similar from one team to the other. They both turned it over at the blue line. They both made bad passes. They both just made sloppy plays and bad decisions, except for the Coyotes were getting second and third attempts, whereas the Sharks were not. And that, to me, didn't make any sense, but I guess that's the way the puck bounces. You never know what's going to happen when a puck gets blocked or saved or whatever is going to happen. And that was what I saw last night. And I, I think that the carryover has to be now the Sharks say, okay, guys, we got two points. We did it in an ugly way. We found some things that worked on offense, but ultimately that was a game that was marred by our mistakes. Both sides, I'm not just coming down hard on the Sharks, but the Sharks team, can they all walk back and say, okay, we did this, 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 and this poorly the other night, but was that game enough to get it out of our system? Was that game enough for us to now 
find a cleaner game, find a better performance, and overall put a better thing out there on the ice, a better game, a better product, better defense, more cohesive play. And I think the answer could and should be yes, ultimately. And I think credit to the Sharks, they have been able to do this at multiple points this year, bouncing back from bad performances with a much better performance. It's just the difference that last night is that it was a bad performance that ended up with a win. And so you would hope there's no complacency and I don't think there would be, but you just hope that it, the message is loud and clear that they all need to rectify those mistakes and come back with a much, much cleaner performance. And I feel confident that they will be able to do so. And again, I look at the confluence of events that led to that game last night with the COVID stoppage, mini stoppage, obviously, with the holiday break, with some of the guys not being there. You don't often get too many situations like that. Oh, and additionally, not having as many practices and some unknowns heading into the game. I mean, only in this timeline do you have that confluence of events that allows that to occur. And I guess that you, that's good. Um, but I also, you know, I, I look to the fact that guys like Jeff Fiel, who I, I liked last year when I saw him come up towards the end of March, and I liked that he was a physical guy. And that was kind of the fun about the Sharks last year is, you know, getting in fights and standing up for guys after they didn't do that earlier in the year. And you saw that big correction in their game and it's carried over to this year and you know I like having VL and I like having Middleton out there guys that can go and throw down and you know whether Gadjevich as well I, I I appreciate that I like the Sharks being a physical presence and I like the fact that you have these guys that were not there earlier in the year like a Gadjevich like a VL coming in and making things happen there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. And these guys stepped up and were able to do something. And I, again, credit to the Sharks in many situations this year, whether it's been ugly, whether it's been positive, whether it's been a comeback, whether it's been hold on in winnable games, of which last night was definitely one of them, they have been able to get that win. And you're seeing multiple guys step up, guys that you're not used to counting on. I don't think anybody walked into that game last night and said, oh yeah, it's going to be the goal from VL that we weren't expecting that could be a difference, or it's going to be Reimer giving up seven goals in regulation, but making the big stops in the shootout. I mean, that's just not what you're looking at. And I, you know, I look at some of these names, you know, I don't know where everybody was on Noah Gregor at the start of the year or Gadjevich Middleton. I mean, maybe you did think these guys were going to step up and have big time performances, but you know, I, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I was just expecting to see what the season presented as, as it went along. But Couture, Meyer, Barabanov, Benino, Hurdle, VL. I mean, that that's that's players from across the board getting boards. You need your best players like Couture and Meyer, in addition to Benino, a character guy who's out there, and you know, Tomas Hurdle getting a goal coming back from COVID. You didn't know if you'd be able to be one of your quote unquote best players and VL a guy who's up because of this situation. And, you know, he had the injury in camp and you, you know, maybe thought he would have otherwise made the roster and now he's got a chance to make his case. But, you know, that's that's production across the board. And I don't know if you're listening to the buildup or not, which is on every game day in the afternoon paired with Dan Rusinowski's Teal Report. But one of the things that I really felt was that this team needs to get production from its best players. You got that. And so that made the overall production from, you know, players that you're not necessarily counting on. That's the difference maker. You know, I don't know if anybody else was looking at VL to get a goal last night. I certainly was not. But when you combine that with what you got from your best players, with what you got across the board, that is a big part of a win. And that's just how it goes in the NHL. When you're playing at the game at this high of a level, it's not sometimes enough to have just your best players 
play like your best players. You need everyone to be in on it. Everyone capable of putting something in the back of the net to do so. And for VL, that was his first goal. Big time congratulations to him. But that's a big moment for him. And that was ultimately a big moment for the Sharks. Because in a game like that, in which there are no guarantees, of which it must have been demoralizing for the Coyotes to lose because of the way their season is going. Yeah, they're in full, you know, tear down, rebuild mode, whatever you want to call it. It's still a frustrating loss to score seven and lose on the road. It would have been frustrating to score seven at home and lose. And I just imagine that the Sharks walked away from that one, breathing a huge sigh of relief, able to get a win in a big game, bounce back from losses that it had against Seattle and Vancouver, move on, put that sloppy performance behind them, and now start preparing for Thursday's game against Philadelphia, which is not going to be easy, and see if they can string together some wins because that's where the Sharks have had difficulty this year. They have had a four-game win streak and I think another three-game win streak, and that's about as good as it's been. And the Sharks, again, finding consistent momentum has been a trouble. Now, that that's what you look at with a team that's hovering around 500 like the Sharks. They haven't proven themselves of being capable of get those long-term uh, winning streaks, but that would certainly go a long way in helping them move away from being a middling team and a team that we talk about more being in the playoff contention. But I will say this about the San Jose Sharks. The fact that they are in the conversation of the playoffs at this point as we head into the new year, and they're not that far out of it right now. You know, in the wild card, they are tied with Winnipeg and looking up at Edmonton and Colorado as well but they're not that far out of it. And I think that the Sharks can hang around and I think that they can keep themselves part of the conversation. And I think that's got to be the main thing to do this year because we all saw how the team responded when they fell out of contention last year because it was they fell and they fell hard. That eight-game losing streak took a lot out of the team after you felt they'd fought so hard over the course of the year to keep themselves around the bubble and then you know it was like somebody pulled the rug out from under them and the team didn't know what to do that's not I'm not blaming them for that they were not a great team last year and I thought it was impressive that they were able to be part of the conversation as long as they were however that was a 56 game schedule that was different that was a totally different situation for the Sharks this year their efforts are being rewarded a little bit better and that comes by way of them rewarding themselves with being more disciplined everywhere on the ice but you got to be able to carry that into 2022. You know, there's only one more game in 2021, and then we're on the other side. After Philadelphia, the Sharks go back out onto the road to start off 2022. They're going to be at Pittsburgh on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. start, which is going to be hard to get ready for because that's an early, early game time for the Sharks. Then they are at Detroit, at Buffalo, and at Philadelphia before coming home on the 11th for what will be four out of five at home. So that's another stretch where the Sharks have to be ready. And then we look ahead just more of the schedule in February. What they thought was going to be a break is going to be a lot of makeup dates for the Sharks and the rest of the NHL. So when you make up those home games that they missed, you got to take advantage of it. And of course, maybe they'll be facing a cooler Anaheim team when they make up that game as well. So try to find the positive here and look ahead for the San Jose Sharks while acknowledging there is a lot of hockey left to be played. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to talk to Jeff VL. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. 
take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Here comes Hurdle from center ice. one nothing Sharks in the shootout. Hurdle deep, shoot, score! Sharks two goals, Coyotes none. That is a big goal for San Jose because now it's going to come down to Mano Imano. If James Weimer makes the save here, the Sharks will win. But Clayton Keller, who had scored a brilliant goal on Weimer earlier tonight, is going to have to even it up for Arizona to keep them alive. Keller skates into the right circle, left shot, digs, Wade shoots, and no goal! A save by Reimer, and the Sharks will win in an incredible shootout. The final score will be recorded. The San Jose Sharks, eight, and the Arizona Coyotes, seven. And how about the celebration with James Weimer, who made a bunch of really solid saves in this contest in spite of giving up seven goals. All right, we're here with Jeff Fiel after the Sharks' wild shootout win over Arizona tonight. Uh, I, you know, you ever been in a game specifically like that one before? Because that was, uh, I mean, I think ending with a shootout still doesn't quite do it enough justice. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think about a game that was wild like that, and I can't think of one. Uh, I think wild is the right word. Um, uh, we came up with a win, but uh, lots of turnovers, lots of sloppy defensive play. And uh, that's something we got to clean up for next game. Were you expecting a game like this, knowing that there had been a layoff, knowing that there had been the break and things kind of gotten shortened up? Uh, you know, it was, we've seen a lot of similar, not quite like this, but other scores around the league have indicated that teams were a bit, a bit rough around the edges tonight. <laughs> yeah, obviously, um, that was a, a long break for, for everyone, a few, like six, seven days. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's an excuse. We still we still could have played a lot better, but uh, yeah, that may, might have played a part. Last year, you come up in March. I, I think maybe you got to play in front of some limited fan games. What was it like having this many in the bowl tonight? Yeah, that was great. Um, I'm not used to that in the, for the Barracuda game. It was great to play in front of a lot of fans and, uh, uh, you know, got the energy started and yeah, that was great. So tonight you do get that first NHL goal. What, what went through your head at that point? Oh, honestly, I, I didn't even know if I if I if scored first. I I didn't see it uh, it gadge or it the the guy in front, and uh, you know I was just happy it went in. And uh, PD came over and told me that uh, their guy tipped it. So I was just uh, uh, you know lots of thoughts and lots of emotion going on. Especially because you've had you know with your journey being undrafted, you also had the injury this year in camp. After you know looking like you were making that progress towards the end of last year, were there? Frustrations for you earlier this year, or did you just kind of feel that if you put your head down and did the work, that you'd eventually get to where you wanted to be? Yeah, obviously it was it was tough at the start of the season. I think I thought I had a really good camp and uh, I was really close of making the team, and obviously got injured, so that was kind of a setback. But uh, uh, you know, worked hard to get back, and uh, now I'm back, and now I I want to stay here. So, yeah, how did how did everything feel out there overall for you tonight? I mean, I know it was. You're put in an interesting situation here tonight, trying to get chemistry going very, very quickly. Um, did you feel like you found your rhythm as the, over the course of the game? Yeah, it felt great. Obviously, we had uh, my line in PD and Gadge. We had a really good first shift, so that kind of got us going. Um, yeah, I felt I felt great. My legs felt great, and uh, just try to keep my keep my game simple and. 
Can you go over there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. And then looking ahead to the next game, you know, maybe, you know, did you get any kind of, did you take anything away where you said, okay, this is what I can look to improve upon in the next game, or maybe you and your line mates as well? Is that even a discussion that happens after the game, or do you just kind of wait till, uh, you know, the next practice or morning skate to discuss that? No, it's all it's always a discussion. You always want to get better, try to figure out what, what didn't go well, what went well, and, and try to work on things the next day in practice. But, uh, yeah, you always you always talk it over with your teammates and, and trying to find a way to uh, get your game better, get the, the team better. Was there a lot of talk tonight in between the second and the third or between third and overtime before the shootout? Were guys just trying to keep each other positive or was it just kind of like everybody knew what they had to do to take care of business? Yeah, obviously there was lots of talk because uh, I, don't, I don't think we played really well defensively. So um, we were just saying, you know, try to keep it more simple and, and cut turnovers and and stay together in the D zone, like play play as a unit of five, and uh, yeah, just um, trying to find a way to um, cut the turnovers. Right on, man. Well, again, congratulations on the first goal and, of course, the win, and uh, keep it rolling, man, all right? Thank you. That was Jeff Viel again after last night's win. Of course, he scored his first ever goal in the NHL. Congratulations to him again. You know, he was a guy who went undrafted. He's been up and down with the Sharks and the Barracuda, obviously, and he had the training camp injury this year. A bit of a setback, but he's back healthy and he's back able to produce. And I was very happy for him to be out there and be able to be a contributor in a big win for the Sharks. And they're all big because none of the wins are going to be easy for the Sharks this year. And so to be part and contributing in a game like that where nothing was a given and everything was just kind of rusty and sloppy and not exactly the Sharks' A game, for him to contribute, huge, 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 huge. All right, let's take a look at some of that post-game reaction to last night. Here's head coach Bob Bugner when asked if he thought the Sharks were heading into a game like the one they played last night. Well, I knew there'd be a little bit of rust, but, uh, um, <laughs> you know, I think three times, you know, you give up a two-goal lead once, okay, well, you know, that happens in the game, and, you know, you see one of those every night, but uh, um, to do that three times, is uh, um, that's just uh, over the top. And, you know, it's, it, the good thing is is, is we, we found a way to get the two points, and, uh, you know, we're going to be able to do a lot of teaching off that tape, and uh, and hopefully guys, uh, you know, learn their lesson. It's doesn't matter who you play in this league. It's never easy to get two points, and you got to play the right way. And uh, um, you know, especially we're going to be going up against teams that are uh, dealing like things with ourselves with the COVID and missing players. And and uh, every point's valuable right now. Yeah, I am in lockstep with Bugner. Every point is important right now, and the Sharks were able to walk away with two out of last night. One of the late additions was Tomas Hurdle, as he was able to clear the COVID protocol and come back and play. This is what Hurdle offered about this experience versus his last one. No, you know, like it was in last time February it was maybe a little, a little harder, but it was, you know, I was still sick more like before with any other, you know, like flu and stuff. But this time I have like zero symptoms. I could do anything, you know. Second day after test, I was biking. I can do anything at home because I feel like. I got absolutely nothing, you know, so it was kind of more frustrated than actually, you know, worry about like if I'm sick, you know, so because I, I don't want to just miss any any games anymore because last two years, you know, you, you, you're playing and you twice out with the COVID. So it's, you know, so you just tough luck, but nothing can do, but happy I can be here tonight. Yeah, I know that when I saw Hurdle come up on the list again, I, I was concerned for him just because he had some pretty bad symptoms last year. And, you know, you don't want anybody to go through that. And I believe his wife and his kid got sick at the same time as well. So, again, that's just it's a little bit scary. And I'm glad to hear that Hurdle was not 
dealing with anywhere near the same type of severity of illness that he was last year or earlier this year, I should say. And again, he was able to come up with a goal because that was huge as well. Now for the Sharks, it's a matter of cleaning things up by Thursday. We just turn a lot of pucks, you know, and we know when we play really tight D zone, we, when we get really good to D zone, we get like offense other side. But, you know, today wasn't tight. They scored so many goals from the honey hole stuff and middle and just easy plays. And, and I think we don't have to look anything on video. We have to just kind of almost put it behind it and get ready for next game because it was a tough game, but we take two points. You take two points, but you do know that you have to be better. This is what Logan Couture said about the game maybe being a wake-up call. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you look around the league tonight, and there's a lot of goals scored. Um, you know, one game is 5-4, the other is 6-3, and then we were 8-7. So uh, there's a ton of goals. Teams are on extended breaks. There's not much practice time over the Christmas break. It was sloppy. I mean, every game, your first game back is normally sloppy. Um, so we'll clean it up, and we'll be better and on Thursday. And my favorite part of Logan's postgame presser was the fact that he was asked, you know, how do you how do you apply the message? And this was his answer. Oh, they, they know, Shang, trust me, we know. So I think it's good that Logan can laugh about that a little bit. And that speaks to his character as a captain. I, I you know, I know that Logan is very much the, the deadpan guy in front of the media. And he lets his personality slip a little bit in there sometimes just kind of kind of laughing about that question about knowing that they need to be better and yeah they, they know they all know they need to be better and I think that that's good you want to know that you can get a win when you're not at your best but you also know that that's not going to be good enough for a win on Thursday if you play like that on Thursday you're going to get smoked last night was an aberration like I said a confluence of events that led to a performance that was not in line with what the Sharks otherwise wanted it to be but they were able to get it done so a credit to them for being able to do so but they know they need to be better. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. A big thanks to Jeff Fiel for joining me after last night's game. And again, congratulations to him for scoring his first ever goal. Be sure to join me on the buildup on Thursday afternoon as we get ready for that game against Philadelphia, the Sharks' last game of 2021 and last home game before a four-game road trip. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.